Welcome to the Josh Scanlon Podcast. This episode first appeared as a video on my YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash heritage wealth planning. I hope you find it informative. Thanks. Whoa, this is huge. Fears of retirement savings crisis are overblown. My man, Carrie, I'm not sure if Carrie's a man or a woman, actually, uh, I th- assume as a man, has sent this to me. And uh, th- this is huge. And uh, the author is a guy I respect uh, just tremendously. Andrew Biggs is his name. Uh, he used to be on the, uh, like, a trustee for the Social Security Administration. I actually, well, I don't have my book yet. I don't have my hard copy. I just ordered it today. But I cited him in my new book, You Can Retire on Social Security. Uh, I, I can't wait to this. I haven't read the article, so we're going to learn this together. I just, um, I'm, I'm freaking stoked. Uh, it's from Market Watch. Fears of her opinion. My man, Andrew Biggs, I think he's with AEI, American Enterprise Institute now, maybe CEI, Competitive, uh, Competitive Enterprise Institute. I can't remember. One of those more libertarian oriented think tanks he's with. I know that. But he used to, let's, uh, let's, well, let me back. Ah, I can't keep tracks. I get so excited. Excited, I tell you, when I read this kind of stuff and it's in Market Watch, I'm like, hmm, hmm, could your old buddy Josh be right after all, huh? Crazy, your old buddy Josh. Uh, just some kid from Peaks Island, Maine. Could he actually have some input that actually makes sense? Let's say, uh, you know, I don't know, hopefully. So let's, you know, I got to confirm it with uh, Andrew Biggs and uh, Larry Kotlikoff and uh, who are some of the other guys out there. But if I can, it makes me feel pretty good. If I can't, well, we'll just kind of uh, skid that away. If you ever watch South Park, my one Cartman. <laughs> when he thinks he's a ghost with butters, and he goes, ah. Man, if you look, South Park is just freaking awesome. <laughs> Actually, it's funny real quick. I had a guy email me. He said, not email me, posted. He said, uh, you know, I get well, something I posted about uh, climate change or uh, communism or something like that. And he says, you're off your meds or something like that. And uh, it must be bad to be in Joshville. It's just it's cracking me up. It's like, uh, you're an alien, your family and friends and stuff. And I, <laughs> it's like, dude, I'm literally not on my meds. I'm on it. I am literally on it. And I'll share a video of my meds. I did this last year. I'm going to do it again because I think it's important for young or not young men, but men in particularly. Oh. You just said man i don't know what it's like to be a woman i know what it's like to be a man and when you're a man you're uh i you just you have some uh if you're a man and you have a little bit of a, of a, a temper all right you're fired up you're high strong you got a little bit of a temper there are some stuff you need to contend with i don't know what it's like to be a woman i have no clue but uh i know there are some men out there who are just like me man and uh you and that's why i quit drinking because even though 95 percent of the time i was a happy drunk that 5% of the time, I was mean, 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 mean. And that was always the time. If you look at your, uh, uh, your the inputs and outputs, it's <laughs> that 5% of the time I got, that's when I got in trouble. And, uh, you know, all it takes is one bad mistake and you're screwed for the rest of your life. So, all right. I just lost this whole show, uh, this whole video. Sorry about that. So let's go on to this and uh, talk about what Andrew, I wish I could cl- close that. All right. All right, so I already 319 into this. I haven't talked about what Andrew Biggs says. Um, let's see what they say about Andrew Biggs down here. Andrew Biggs is, a, yeah, AEI, American resident, uh, residential scholar at American Enterprise Institute and former principal deputy commissioner of the Social Security Administration under the George W. Uh, administration. Do they let for comments on this one? Why do they not let for? I guess they don't need comments um, because he's, 
uh, websites are so big. All right, but I already saw HRS, a health retirement study from University of Michigan, so I'm stoked to see that. You read about the retirement crisis in newspapers and on the internet. Internet. You see numbers members of Congress pushing to expand Social Security and bail out insolvent multi-employer pensions, all in fear of retirements falling into poverty. In a country of 325 million people, it's certainly not hard for reporters to find legitimately heart-rendering stories of Americans who, for one reason or another, reach retirement age with inadequate savings. I could not agree more. But an accurate an accurate picture depends on data, not anecdotes. And for readers weaned on headlines such as, a generation of Americans is entering old age, the least prepared in decades. Ah, where is that from? I'm just curious. Look, if, if you're still here, then you're <laughs> you're you're a trooper. Uh, but I am gonna I want to see where this is. Let me pause. Clicked on the link. It's a Wall Street Journal article. A generation of Americans is unprepared for retirement. Uh, the low income, paltry savings, high debt burdens, failed insurance. The U.S. is upending decades of progress and securing life's final chapter. Uh, and who wrote that? That name sounds. This is from 2018. I don't know Leslie Schism and Turgeson. And I can't, I don't subscribe to the Wall Street Journal anymore, but let's read if we can find out who Ann Turgeson is. Yeah, I have to do some research on that. I find it interesting. Um, yeah, I won't say anything. I, was, I don't know who these people are. Turgeson sounds familiar to me, but I'm not sure why. All right. Uh, and for readers weaned on the on weaned on headlines such as a generation of Americans is entering entering old age the least prepared in decades, the data on retirement are stunningly positive. The things that could be going up are going up, including the share of Americans with retirement plans, the size of our retirement plan contributions, total retirement savings. Hmm. I wonder if I anyone has ever written a book on that. Oh, your old buddy Josh. And retiree satisfaction with financial security. And the things that should be going down, like poverty and old age and dependence on Social Security benefits, are going down. Uh, the looming uh, related vi video, the looming uh, retirement crisis provided by CNBC. And let's, let's see what they got here. Employees, 5% wages, individual retirement accounts, employers, contributors. Yeah, get all that. All right. Today's retirees are doing well. Today's retirees are doing well. That data from the CBO, Congressional Budget Office, and I look. You got to look. At the end of the day, I trust the CBO like I trust the, uh, the the people at the East Anglia, Anglia, Anglia East Anglia Economic Research Unit. The, uh, that's where we had to hide the decline from Phil Jones and those other guys. The CBO is just wrong. I mean, look, I'm not saying they're wrong deliberately like the East Anglia CRU group was, the high decline, uh, silliness, uh, fraud. But uh, the, the CBO, they, they just, I, I tell you, I can't stress how many people, uh, when you look at the projections of the CBO and how wrong it has been. Now, this isn't projections, though, what they're using here. They're showing back testing, which I like. They're not projecting. The CBO projections, I just don't, I literally could care less. But if we're back testing the data, that's the data that's out there. And it, can't, it hasn't been manipulated like the, uh, well, I'll stop there. Data from the CBO show that from 1979 to 2016, average incomes from working house households rose 64% above inflation. Over that same period, average household incomes for retirees grew by 104% above inflation. 104%, what did I say? 104% above inflation. So put another way. In 1979, the average retiree household income 
was equal to 73% of working age households' income. By 2000, oh, that doesn't say that. Put it another way. The average retirees, in 1979, the average retiree household's income was equal to 73% of working age households' income. How did you take that away from that? I don't, I don't get that. Okay, but let's keep reading. I, I don't get how the, I mean, I guess if you looked at the data, it showed that, but you know, his sentence there didn't show that. Um, anyway, by 2016, retirement incomes were equal to 91% of working age households' income, despite retirees facing a lower cost of living, being more likely to have paid off their mortgages, and having smaller households to support. I'm confused by that. So, in, in 1979, I, okay, I see, okay, so what he's saying is in 19, according to the CBO, but that, that sentence previously didn't say that. So I'm not sure why he say put it another way. What he should have said is, in, in 1979, the, the CBO found that the average retiree's household income was equal to 73% of working age households' income. Fast forward to 2016, the average retiree's household income is 91% of working households' incomes, despite retirees facing lower costs of living, being more likely to have paid off their mortgage and having smaller households to support. I completely agree with that. Um, but that also doesn't, in of itself, that's great for retirees, but it also shows you how the, the worker hasn't had the same income increase as the retirees have. And that's because of, uh, of I hate to say, it, open the floodgates uh, for illegal immigrants and, uh, and, and cheap labor, without question. I mean, you can argue that all day long, but you have uh, roofers out there at five bucks an hour under the table versus a the old school days where people were getting paid a, a right wage um that's that's the problem with employment uh, especially for the the lower end of society and it's, if you think you're exempt from that because you're in a white collar job you're not man i mean the low uh the highly skilled but low wage demanding workers from other uh, countries they want to come here too and i don't blame them at all i blame nobody for wanting to come here but at the end of the day when you're bringing in these people uh who are going to cut your benefits because the employment is the number one cost of doing business employment to hire somebody and so if i can get somebody doing the same work or maybe even more than the same work for you know 75 percent less i'm going to do that and you can't blame the employer for doing that you can't blame the politicians though for allowing that to happen and so that this right here and i guarantee andrew biggs would take a complete issue with me uh but i i find that Right there, what that tells me is the, the working uh, man or woman, his income didn't go up nearly as much as retirees' income. And while that's good for retirees, it's not good for the worker, if that makes sense. Uh, I don't think that's anything to celebrate. Rising private retirement plan benefits are part of this. The CBO data show that from 1980 to 2016, Social Security benefits received by middle-income retiree households increased by about 50% above inflation. But there are private retirement plan benefits rose by 150% above inflation. This is a failing retirement system. Likewise, the Census Bureau research using IRS data shows that the share of retirees and with income below the poverty threshold plummeted from 9% in 1990 to just 6.9% in 2012. So I talked about Jonathan Clements a couple times in my book. And I talked about it a lot because he's kind of like my bogeyman. Uh, for the uh, for the shill of the industry, there's no other way around that. And uh, look, I don't know the guy personally. I just know, uh, I, I just know at the end of the day, he uh, took on Tybernicki for his, uh, you know, that your income drops in retirement. His whole premise, Jonathan Clements, was that that's because people run out of money. 
Uh, and I, what's the evidence here? So what Andrew says is right here, Census Bureau research using IRS data shows that the share of retirees with incomes below the poverty threshold plummeted uh, from 9.1 to 6.9. That's a 25% decrease. All right, so that's not uh, a bunch of old people eating cat food. I mean, there's some, but not not the vast majority. It's not the case. Um, yet somehow, amid hundreds of articles on the retirement crisis, these data are overlooked. But retirees all but retirees realize all this. Even the politicians, the media aren't listening. Nearly eight in retiree, eight and ten retirees tell Gallup they have enough money to live comfortably, versus six and ten working age households. That, I didn't even use that in my book. That's fantastic. So if these people are running out of money in cat food, are they going to report to Gallup that they're living comfortably? Freaking crazy. I get sick of this crap, man. I do. In the Federal Reserve study of uh, 2000 household economics decision making, only 4% of current retirees said they're finding it hard to get by. In the federally funded H&R Health and Retirement Survey study, that's from the University of Michigan, which I do cite uh, a bunch, actually. Not, not, but I do cite a couple times in my book. Not as much as I do the Census Bureau, but I do cite it. But I have done videos with HRS. I'm a huge fan of it. 81% of retirees in 2016 described their retirement as either as, either as good or better than their pre-retirement years, up from only 65% in 1992. In the same 2016 survey, 93% of seniors described their retirement as very or moderately satisfying versus only 77% in 1992. Likewise, the Federal Reserve Survey of Consumer Finances finds that 75% of Americans aged 65 or more in 2016 reported having enough income to at least maintain their pre-retirement standard of living versus only 61% in 1992. Just 75% of Americans aged 65 or more reported having enough income to at least maintain, at least maintain their pre-retirement standard of living, which is all these things are up, 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 up. Sure, Americans worry. When do you not worry? You're freaking human, man. We're, that's why Daniel Kahneman won the freaking Nobel Prize for saying we fear loss twice as much as we look for joy and gain. All right. So that's that's because we're always worried. That's the human nature. Just see what's going on out there. Uh, 2017 Vanguard survey, 54% of retirees feared that America faced a retirement crisis, but only 4% of retirees in Vanguard survey described their own financial situation as a crisis. Similar other surveys like Gallup and HRS show that working age households in the past years were worried about retirement. But now those households have retired, the vast majority feel financially secure. Why retirement finances won't get worse? Begrudgedly, the retirement crisis crowd will admit maybe things aren't so bad today, but what about the future? Social security is going bankrupt. We're all going to have healthcare costs catastrophic. We need Medicare for all. Hmm, but Medicare doesn't cover everything now, and you still have a big gap there too, unless you buy a voucher plan called Medicare Advantage or a supplemental policy called Medicare Supplemental Policy. Hmm, interesting. The answer is that retirement incomes will probably go up. Assets in private sector defined benefit pensions, the kind that pay a set amount each month, were typically worth about 16% of GDP. Today, 401k and IRAs, which took the de defined benefit plans, place have assets worth 76% of GDP. I mean, I agree with this number. I don't want to call them the numbers, but that's uh, to say retirement incomes will probably go up based on the fact that we have more in D.C. plans, 401ks and IRAs. Oh, that could easily go the other way, too, like we saw in 2007 to 2009. 
But what about those pessimistic studies the, the news media loves to cite? Many have flaws, both in terms of how they project retirement incomes and how they judge how much income retirees will need. For instance, a 2019 GAO, General Accountability Office study, claims that about half of households aged 55 and older have no retirement savings. But the GAO counts those who have a traditional pension and no 401k as having no for retirement savings. That's nuts, given that 45% of Americans 55 and older are still owed pension. <laughs> I didn't even know that. The GAO accounts those who have a traditional pension, but they don't have a 401k and an IRA as having no retirement savings? I, I, <sighs> Are you flipping kidding me? But Josh, and they need that $1,000 to put a freaking new dentures in. Where are they going to get it from? Because they don't have retirement savings. Uh, you ever had this thing called a credit card? You ever heard that? There's this thing called your equity in your home. Ever heard of that? I just, but we don't want to take on debt. Well, but if they don't have retirement savings and they have an immediate emergency, but they have income from Social Security and their pensions, and they can pay that sucker off with their income they have, uh, it's not like they're going to go without teeth. What the hell is this? I, that's, I, I just, I don't even know what to say. If you have a pension, but no 401k or IRA, you're, you're labeled as having no retirement savings? I... Likewise, a recent uh, World Economic Forum report generated headlines worldwide by claiming the average retiree would run out of money after about 10 years. But this figure assumed retirees received no social... I remember I actually did a report on I did a video on that. That freaking thing ticked me off. I, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that thing ticked me off. It's, it's fake. It's fake. Fake news. But the figure assumed retirees receive no Social Security benefits, including Social Security. And if you include Social Security, the average U.S. retiree savings would last more than 30 years. I just, uh, a third study from the National Institute of Re Retirement Security, I did a video on this one too, claimed a $14 trillion retirement savings gap but assumes that every penny of the multi-trillion dollar deficits in state and local government's pension is solved by cutting benefits. In reality, the vast majority of those benefits will be paid. So what could possibly be the reason for the National Institute of Retirement Security? You know what they used to call it? It used to be, I think, the variable annuity uh, lobbying group or something like that. So the, the retirement security means annuities. That's literally what they're saying. Retirement security, i.e. annuities. For myself, I'll rely on the best retirement model bit in the business, which belongs to the Social Security Administration has been improved and double-checked for over two decades. The SSA model finds that the median household born in the Great Depression retired with a total retirement income equal to 109% of their inflation-adjusted career average earnings, far above the 70% replacement rate financial advisors recommend. Now, fast forward to Generation X, who are led to believe they face a retirement crisis for Gen Xers, Social Security projects a median replacement rate of 110% of career average earnings. I didn't say that's that's interesting. I don't I never knew that. I didn't know that's what they're thinking. But Social Security Administration projects a median replacement rate of 110%. So the 50% got more than 110%, 50 50% uh, could have less. Whereas the average financial advisor says you need 70% replacement rate. I, I, even that I chuckle at because as I share in my book, the idea I need, I'm looking at one of my kids out there mowing. 
I got two in England right now. One at Georgia Tech. Braces, football. Well, not football. We don't play football. But braces, sports activities, broken bones, uh, school stuff, all that stuff. Going on vacation for six. The whole flipping thing. Uh, car insurance for two daughters that are driving. The whole thing. A house. None of this is going to be here when the kids are gone. None of them. We're going to downsize. We're going to have probably two vehicles, one for me, one for the beautiful. Uh, we're not paying for any broken bones. We're not paying for any braces. All that stuff's gone. And so if I was to run a retirement model today, the financial advisor said, Josh, let's just say I'm making 100000 You need $80,000 a year re replacement ratio. I said, no, I don't. And he said, yes, you do. I said, no, no, I don't. I don't need that. Why? That's what you're making now. Yeah, because I'm making that now because I got all these expenses. Kids are out of the house. Expenses drop like a brick in water. Love my kids. Can't wait for that, but I love my kids. All right, why won't there be a crisis? One reason is that retirement savings have gone through the roof. Back in 1973, when participation in private sector defined benefits plans peaked. Freaking. This makes me mad because I just got done showing an article that when everyone had pensions, and not everyone had pensions, the, the private sector defined benefit participation was just 39% of the workforce. That was the peak. I say that in my book. I say it all the time. Even in the 1960s, about half of the S the biggest companies, the S&P 500, only about half, I think it was like 52%, offered a pension plan. Just because they offered and you had access to it didn't mean that you took it. And on top of that, that's just the biggest companies in America. How about all the small firms where, the, where tons and tons and tons of employees work? The idea that everyone had this pension, everything was freaking on Golden Pond is nuts. I'm nuts. In fact, Andrew says, the private sector defined benefit pension participation peaked at just 39% of the workforce in 1973. And that's total retirement plan assets were equal to 55% of employee wages and salaries. Today, with 61% of private sector workers participating in a retirement plan, Total retirement savings have increased nearly sevenfold to 375% of employee wages. And recent Federal Reserve data finds that distribution of retirement savings hasn't significantly shifted as defined benefits gave way to 401ks. We got defined benefit pensions. You can see right here. Uh, what's what's the bottom? I'm not sure what this x-axis is uh, as, as a percentage of wages and salaries. Well, that's okay. That's a year. Oh, that's okay. So we got defined benefit pensions are about 125% as a percentage of workers' wages and salaries, uh, IRA defined contribution plans, and IRAs and annuities. All right, that's, I, I get what they're saying is, but they're saying, whereas it used to be 55% of total retirement plans uh, assets were equal to 55% of total employee wages and salaries. Now it's uh, 375%. That's freaking crazy. Are there retirements? Are there problems? Sure. And slowly but surely, they're being addressed, at least in the private sector. But the narrative on retirement savings is so skewed toward an apocalyptic vision of retirement crisis that step one is simply getting a grasp of reality. Man, I freaking, I, 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 I got to forward this to everybody. The best article you'll ever read right here. Good job, Andrew. I cite Andrew in my book, by the way. Just FYI, I cite Andrew. And uh, my man, I've never met the guy. I, I already said that, but uh, this is fantastic. Uh, so, Carrie... Uh, who sent this to me? Kudos, man! I would not, I would have missed this. Um, I don't even know what else to say. I freaking love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, stop. 
Guys, stop. All right, smash, subscribe, pay off your mortgage. We'll see you next time.